Welcome to the Rock Your World Naturally podcast, the place where women from around the world come to discover God's plan for health in body, soul, and spirit. I'm your host, Rakesia McMillan, award-winning author, Air Force veteran, and health evangelist. I'm passionate about sharing biblical truth, scientific research, and practical lifestyle approaches to help heal your world naturally. You're listening to podcast episode 15, my exclusive interview with Dr. Darian Parker, sports education leader, NAACP award recipient, and co-owner of Epic Leader Management. I'm your host, Rakesia McMillan, certified integrative nutrition health coach and health evangelist. My assignment to the body of Christ is to help women and communities heal their world naturally in spirit, soul, and body. If you'd like to know more about how you can heal your world naturally, you can visit me on the web at rockyourworldnaturally.com. You can find me on social media at LinkedIn and Facebook at Rock Your World Naturally and on Twitter, Rock Your World 28. Thank you so much to all of our new and returning listeners. My guest today, Dr. Darian Parker, has been a major influencer in the health and wellness industry. His current work focuses on fitness, spa, and lifestyle treatments. And I am a huge fan of spa, fitness, and lifestyle treatments, all of the above. Did you know that spa treatments are actually mentioned in the Bible? Yes, they are. And my favorite example is found in the book of Esther, chapter 2. And because Esther was living in the king's palace, she got quite a few perks. And one of them was 12 months of pampering. And so one source says that for 12 months, each woman underwent beauty treatments and educational importance of royal matters and etiquette while they were in the king's palace. And in Esther chapter 2, verse 7, it says that Esther, she was a young woman, and she was very beautiful and very lovely to look upon. And so you might wonder, so if she was lovely and if she was beautiful, why did she need a year's worth of treatment? And so that year-long treatment, it may have been needed for some young women who had been taken into captivity at that time because some of them may have come from a very poor background that did not uh, have a a healthy or a good diet. So they helped to nourish them back to health. Not only did they help to nourish them back to health, they ensured that they were physically healthy, mentally healthy, and emotionally healthy. And so they went through this process for one year long. And so another area area to consider of of why they needed the treatment for one year is because of the climate they were in at that time. And so the climate, the region of that day caused them to have very dry skin, cracked skin. And so they had six months of oil treatments that they underwent first. And so one of the objectives of those oil treatments was to ameliorate or to heal the effects of the heat wind and evaporation that actually affected their skin. 
And so they had a, had an actual skincare plan while they were there at the palace. So for six months, um, the oils, they addressed some troublesome conditions, whether that was cracking, wrinkling, wind damage, sunburn, healing sores, skin disease. And so the women, they actually soaked in tubs of olive oil, cassius oil, myrrh oil. So they use these essential oils and they also use honey to help moisturize and heal the cracks and the dry spots that may have been um, left on their skin as a result of the harsh climate. And so they use honey to moisturize the skin and also because it had a very pleasant scent or a very pleasant smell. And myrrh, as we know in the Bible, that is an essential oil which has anti-aging and hormone-like properties. And with myrrh, one of the um, effects that it has is that it helps to stimulate circulation. It also helps to decrease inflammation. It also helps to soothe inflamed skin, prevent wrinkles, heal fungal infections. It helps to heal mouth sores, alleviate stretch marks, repel parasites and insects. And so that just came from that specific essential oil alone. So for those of you that might want to grab some myrrh, uh, go to my website, Rock Your Own Naturally, click on the essential oil link and uh, take a look at some of the other benefits that myrrh might have for you. And so they completed that six months of oil treatment. And then the next six months were used or they were dedicated to being administered spices and additional ointments for the women. So in Esther chapter 2, verses 8 through 9, it lets us know that Esther, she was well favored in the eyes of Haggai. And so she received extra uh, treatments while she was actually there under his care. And so Esther, she went through so many different rituals. She went through all of those different treatments to present herself before the king. And this year of preparation helped to lead Esther into becoming queen. And not only did she become queen, but she had great influence to save the Jewish people at that time. And so when it comes to fitness, spa treatment, lifestyle, how the Bible says that there's no new thing under the sun, truly there's no new thing under the sun. And our guest today, Dr. Parker, he has committed his uh, life to accomplishing this work. And just to give you a little bit of background about Dr. Parker and who he is and some of the things that he'll be able to share with you today. Dr. Darian Parker earned his PhD in sports education leadership with an emphasis in behavior modification from the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. He earned his master's and bachelor's degree from James Madison University in kinesiology with concentrations in exercise leadership, athletic administration, and advanced coaching. Dr. Parker is also a certified personal trainer through the National Strength and Conditioning Association. Dr. Parker has received such prestigious accolades such as the NAACP Author Ash Award, the Marilyn Crawford Scholarship Award, and the VAP Heard Graduate Student Award. Dr. Parker has also been featured on Fox 5 News Las Vegas and the Healthline Today Show. 
Furthermore, Dr. Parker has served as an advisory board member for the Nevada chapter of the National Strength and Conditioning Association. Dr. Parker has been in the fitness and wellness industry for 19 years. Throughout the course of Dr. Parker's career, he has served several roles in the fitness and wellness industry. In the academic setting, he served as the Director of Education and Program Coordination for both Professional Fitness Institute Pinnacle Career College. After working in the academic environment, Dr. Parker worked for WTS International as the General Manager for Club Ridges, an upscale private fitness club located within the gates of the exclusive Ridges community in Las Vegas. In addition to this, Dr. Parker served as the National Director of Fitness for WTS, assisting in oversight and support of WTS Natural Profile. Furthermore, Dr. Parker continues to be the private personal trainer for several leaders of prominent businesses in the United States. Dr. Parker's new venture as the co-principal of Epic Leisure Management provides an opportunity for him to create, implement, and foster the highest levels of people-centered culture while also providing the most innovative and significant technologies and services to his clients. People first is at the core of Dr. Parker's philosophy. While business is very important, what's even more important to Dr. Parker is the human being behind the business. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome to the show today, Dr. Darian Parker. Thank you so much for having me on here. I really appreciate the time and just grateful for the opportunity. Well, I am excited about today's show and I know that our listeners are going to be in uh, for a treat uh, hearing from you on today. And before we get started, I'd just like to open up with an icebreaker question. Mm-hmm. And can you just let our listeners know, Dr. Parker, what are the things in your life right now that are rocking your world naturally? Oh, good question. I think probably the biggest thing for me is just connecting with people on a genuine basis with no agenda. I really enjoy, especially I meet a lot of people through LinkedIn. And just getting to know them, you know, it's not a product or a sales pitch or anything like that. It's no agenda. It's just having good conversation and bringing that aspect of connecting with people back. I think that is so of the fact that you mentioned that connecting with people with no agenda, (laughs) because so many times, you know, people have motives and just underlying reasons of why they want to get to know you, but just, again, having that genuineness, that um, real conversation with individuals makes all the difference in the world. And the motive really is just to have a good conversation and to um, just be open and honest about um, whatever comes my way, whatever we're discussing. And just being a good uh, source of uh, kindness for others is very important to me. That's very true. And a lot of times, you know, when we just have those conversations and let them happen naturally, it just really leads to greater insight. It leads to even more connections, whether it's with that person or whether it's through um, someone that they know. It just kind of creates a ripple effect in a sense. 
Yeah, I totally believe that. And you never know who you're meeting. You know, you may be meeting one person, but you're meeting a variety of other people that they know along with that. So it's really just a chain of events, a chain of connections, endless of people that you can speak with and have a positive impact on their life. Absolutely. Now, Dr. Parker, you have accomplished so many amazing things um, in your lifetime. An NAACP author, Ash, award winner. Uh, You've been featured on several um, uh, news shows, the Today Show, just accomplished so many different things. How do you manage life wearing so many different hats? I think that um, initially, especially, I used to do a lot of media many years ago, and uh, uh, it's exciting, you know, getting on different shows and talking about health and wellness in particular and just making connections. And I think in my recent time, I have, I have tried to slow my life down purposely and mm-hmm. not do as many things just to do a few things things really well because when I was doing so much media and doing all these different jobs and things of that nature it was exciting but um, it was just burning me out quite honestly and I didn't want to have that burnout I wanted to make sure I was giving a hundred percent to the couple things that I'm doing versus 20 percent here 30 percent here just very difficult to be really great at many things at the same time So it was purposeful to slow my life down as I've gotten older, for sure. Sure. And I think so many um, individuals, I especially think that's true in the Western culture, that we are inundated with so many things. And just um, having the opportunity to witness as well as experience how life is overseas and other cultures in other countries sometimes they say americans you guys are too busy (laughs) it was funny though i i have my own podcast and i had somebody on from the netherlands and they're experiencing the same thing that we're experiencing and it's Mm -hmm. actually becoming a global issue that other countries are now becoming just as busy as we are so i don't think it's a good thing i think you know some people will say, oh, I, you know, I just like having opportunity. I love having opportunities. Mm-hmm. But sometimes there's just more strength and more courage in saying no to opportunities if it's going to really uh, take away from things that are more meaningful for you in your life. That's so true. And I think sometimes individuals, you hit on a key point where you said we have to know that it's okay to say no and that we can give ourselves permission to say no. Uh, before we take on too many things, because I think, too, when we begin to take on too much of things, that certainly does impact our health, whether that's emotionally, the stress levels that we experience or trying to multitask with doing a lot of things. It can begin to take a physical, mental, spiritual, emotional toll on our lives. Yeah, I think it's good to prioritize what's important for you individually. And I know for me, it was just, you know, I, I like doing things professionally. I enjoy different outlets and things to do, but I also just wanted to spend more time at home and enjoy being in that environment and, and really trans, you know, transferring into more of a home, kind of wherever I'd like to be environment, kind of come and go as I please. But 
but a slower existence, one that is not filled with constant things to constantly do. Even though I still stay busy, I, I have made it where it's more, I'm busy, but I'm in the environment I want to be in on a regular basis to be around my family more often and things of that nature. Sure. And I think that's something that we can all, you know, take some notes and write that down in our, our own personal lives to, uh, to practice that. Now, with you being in the wellness profession, you've been in there for over 19, 20 Mm -hmm. years. What is it that actually led you down the road or the path that you're on now? Uh, I would say first it was my parents. Um, You know, I grew up in a very athletic family where I saw a lot of exercise growing up. My dad was in the military for almost 30 years. So I used to watch him exercise all the time. He'd take me to the gym with him. And my mom would play baseball with us out in the backyard. And so um, my brother is involved in athletics. And so, you know, sports was just a big part of our lives growing up and traveling for sports and things of that nature. And then um, as I, you know, got into high school and college, I was a track and field athlete. So I was a scholarship athlete in college, a sprinter. And it just made sense for me to continue moving towards sports, exercise, athletics. Initially, I thought it'd be more athletics, Uh, but exercise was always at the the forefront of that. So I think I was initially influenced by my parents, and then I just had great mentors uh, throughout the way. I uh, one of my my main mentor that I still have to today, Dr. Chalice McMillan, we still have conversations, and uh, I was his student in uh, my undergrad and master's degree at uh, James Madison University, and then I served as his graduate assistant as well. And uh, he just gave me lots of great advice, taught me how to be a professional, focus, and uh, continually work hard towards whatever I focused on, which in this case was exercise, health, and wellness. And so, you know, there's a variety of other people who along the way have been really helpful uh, for me. But I think you know, my parents really started it off. They made it okay for me to do what I wanted to do. They weren't they haven't been parents who were like, well, you have to become this because mm-hmm. you need to make this amount of money. You know, I see that a lot where parents is, oh, well, don't do something where you won't have enough money type mm-hmm. of thing. You know, and I just think that's the wrong approach. Like your child should do something they love, even if it will not financially make it very huge for them in their life. Let them live. Let them mm-hmm. do what they like to do, what is they feel good about doing. It may not be their passion. Not everybody gets to do their passion, you know, and that life's not the same for everybody on that. But as long as they feel fulfilled and feel good about it, I felt like my parents were like, they didn't try to push me towards one thing or the other. Just let me make my own choices. And that, I'm grateful for that. You know? Oh, amen to that. And yes. so, you know, with them providing you such a strong, you know, foundation and just being able to influence you through their lives kind of helped you to. Um, find your place and find your your uh, purpose in life. And I think it's so important what you said that sometimes as parents, parents try to mold their children into what they want them to be. Yes. And you see this happen more often than not that, you know, the young people, they might grow up just fulfilling their parents' dreams, but deep down inside, They've always wanted to do something else. They've always wanted to 
achieve, you know, a different purpose in life. So I think giving our kids room to grow and to be creative and to um, find that purpose that's meaningful for them uh, makes all the difference in the world. It does. And, you know, I've known so many people that, well, a lot of parents, I think they have this idea that if they're, if their child will grow up and they make a lot of money, that it will make them happy. And the majority of that time, that is completely false for them, completely. They're actually doing their child a disservice by making money the center of their happiness for their adult mm-hmm. life versus saying, hey, yes, you may make, uh, you just may be middle class or lower middle class, whatever. You may just be doing something. You might be a struggling artist and you may be, it may be tough for you, but are you fulfilled in what you're doing? Do you feel like, you are doing something that is very purposeful for you. And as long as they feel that and they're able to have the basic needs in life, you know, a shelter and, you know, enjoy safety and, you know, somebody to do some fun things here and there. That's a good life. You know, yeah, that's a great life. I don't know why people promote that. That's not a good life. It doesn't have to be super capitalistic and try to mm-hmm. make as much, get as much as you want. Like it, Yeah, it's not as I don't think we should be pushing that to people because I can't tell me how many people I know that are extremely wealthy and they're just not as happy as you think they are. (laughs) You know, (laughs) it's, you know, the old saying that the grass is not greener on the other side. Money doesn't buy you happiness. I mean, it does help, does help, but it's also often people become controlled by it. Mm-hmm. And so then, you know, they, they work constantly. The other thing is pushing people to work insane amount of hours to accomplish something that they're not even going to be happy with. Right. It's like, you know, your life's going to pass you by either way. It's just going to keep the time's going to keep going. The clock's going to keep ticking. And what do you have to show for it? You know? Right. And I think, too, you know, we live in a society or a culture that promotes, you know, a high level of materialism or. Yeah. Just, you know, achieving the money over things that have great value, um, relationships, things mm-hmm. that are intangible, you know, having good connections with people and doing what you love is really the heart of what really matters. Yeah. And, you know, serving other people. And I think that that comes in many forms, you know, it's whatever version of that is for you, but when you're helping other people achieve their success, it's very rewarding, very fulfilling. And if you're fortunate enough to have a lot of money and you've acquired that, um, then even almost a greater responsibility to help Absolutely. others with that. So I think as, as parents, I have an eight-year-old daughter and mm-hmm. I want her to do what she loves to do. Mm-hmm. And wh- whatever that is, I'm not even sure what that will be, but you know, hey, if, if she tells me she wants, you know, to be a painter, or, you know, yes. she wants to be a ballet artist. What, sure. Great. You know, but here's Absolutely. the road. Here's the road that that will entail. For Absolutely. That. As long as you're OK with that, I'm OK with it. You know. Absolutely. And earlier you mentioned, you know, connecting with people and just finding great fulfillment um, in that. Um, and you mentioned serving others mm-hmm. a little bit earlier. When it comes down to the work that you do, can you share a little bit about how faith and spirituality kind of help you in your current practice or the work that you're doing? Yes, certainly. I think the biggest aspect 
of faith is having a center. Mm-hmm. You know, when you, for me, having a, a solid relationship, you know, um, with God has been very important uh, in my life. I grew up going to church with my parents. They made sure of that. Even when you're a kid, you might not want to do that so much. I complained like crazy, yeah. uh, my brother and I. And then I felt like, you know, as I became older, um, I think maybe like some people you veer away from it here. You want to make your own decisions towards what that means for you. And, yeah. you know, I, in my early 20s, I, you know, came back to I got baptized because I wanted to. My parents baptized me when I was a child, but I wanted to make that decision for myself as an adult. Sure. And I was very happy to do that. And then ever since then, it was just always been solid footing in all of my, I would say primarily it's helped me in business and my decision making. Mm. And what am I doing? Is this the right thing to do? Yeah. Is this maybe not the right thing to do, but maybe more the right thing? Am I focused on people yeah. as a part of my faith? I think sometimes people get it twisted with faith. And religion and all these things, they think, oh, you know, this just so tight. You know, there's no room to be yourself mm-hmm. and you have to be a certain type of overzealous aspect of it. And I think you yeah. just be yourself, just be yourself, make good decisions and be an example of that faith. You don't have to be knocking on everybody's door or mm-hmm. screaming, you know, it's just be a good example there of, go. of love because a lot of the faith, especially the Christian faith about love. Yes. It's about service to other human beings. That is, that crosses all religions, all types of people. Absolutely. If you don't believe in love, you don't believe in human beings. I mean, that's you right. know. <laughs> that's right. So that don't care. I don't care where you're from. That's, that's, that's right. a tenet that is human-based Yeah. more than anything. Yeah. And I think that's so good as far as being that example that people will see uh, demonstrating through love. Um, whether that's saying a kind or an encouraging word mm-hmm. to someone. And I think we need so much of that today because a lot of um, what we may hear, whether that's through media, whether in daily life, it could be toxic. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if we are the hands and the feet, whether that's right. in the community, um, touching people's lives with that love, that might be the only love that they'll ever experience. Exactly. So know that it came through you and it's such a powerful powerful responsibility i think that we have as christians as believers to demonstrate that within our our daily lives totally and i think sometimes people they look at service to others this is very overwhelming task like and well how do i do how do i contribute to this organization or how do i volunteer serve for that. And those, those are good things. But I always encourage people to shrink that down. What are you doing at your house to serve your family? Yes. What are you doing with your friends and your colleagues? Like, don't make it some, so much bigger than you can see yourself doing. Start small. How, yeah. how have you been kind to your, your spouse, your significant other, your children today? How have you, you know, how have you, how has your attitude been going to work? And mm-hmm. have you, are you a light to other people in your environment? You know, that's, that's serving. It doesn't have to be some very formal thing or right. sign up for something. I think that's, I think that's a mistake for a lot of people. They think they have to do this very formal thing, that stamp of approval. I'm serving. I'm doing mm-hmm. that. Like it's, you don't need the validation of, of to 
that you're serving by some stamp of approval at this organization. Those are good things to do yeah. in volunteering, but don't ignore the things that are right in front of you for service. Yeah. That's so good. I think the the aspect that you bring out about serving starts at home. Starts at home. That's the you best know. place to start. <laughs> Within your environment. And that's such a great, great place to start. Because when you can serve and love those within your home, then it's going to be easy to do that when you're already doing it within your, your everyday environment. It's baby steps. You got to start at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. And I, even like my wife and I, we've been married 15 years wow. and we have just had, it's been an awesome relationship. I think we, we, we communicate, you know, early this mm-hmm. week, I'm very transparent on any of these shows. I'm, I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. And uh, she goes, yeah, listen, I want you to talk to me more. I want, mm-hmm. let's have a little more communication. I know you got this stuff going on. You work from home and this and that. And I'm, her schedule was changing. So now we're kind of in sync more. And mm-hmm. we just said, let's, let's spend more time in the afternoon having like thoughtful conversations. Perfect. That's how we're serving each other. We got to have those conversations. We got to be open. We have mm-hmm. to listen. But to me, the greatest influence you could have is the influence you have at home. Yeah. Yes, you can influence other people and volunteering for a Red Cross or a soup kitchen mm-hmm. or whatever. Those are awesome. I would yeah. never discount that. It just, I feel like we, we, we step over step one and try to go to step three. Mm-hmm. How can I serve in this thing? And then you yeah. just forget about the people that are staring at you on a daily basis when you get yeah. up. You know? it, it's so true because it's kind of almost like you can't so be so busy that you are saving others and you're losing your family or you're not yes. with your family. You're not being open to know what it is that your family needs from you as well as what you can provide to your family. Yeah. Totally true. You know, it was funny. I was, when I was talking to my wife yesterday, I said, you know what? I think uh, you should be on my podcast. We need to have Mm. a conversation, husband and wife conversation on my podcast. And the listeners get to understand what our life is like together. And I I am, I am very flawed and I want them to Mm -hmm. know that, you know, like, Hey, I I may be communicating, do all these things, media, but uh, I mess up too. You know, yeah. I could, I could do better. And uh, she's like, oh, I think I'd be so nervous being on. I was like, no, you'd be fine. You'd be fine. You know? I think that's so good because, you know, in our humanity, we all have our stuff. And, um, and I'll just put this out there too with my husband and I, something that we did that we always encourage every couple to do um, is know what your spouse's or your partner's love language is. Right. Of course. And when you can understand what the love language is and kind of help to nurture that, it makes all the difference in the world in your marriage, with your kids, with Completely. your family, your community to find out what your love language is. Totally. Uh, we've definitely talked about that throughout the years uh, mm-hmm. with that. You know, and I think, um, you know, for both of us, you know, having faith has been it's just been important. You know, it's like it's a steady boat in your relationship. You know, yes. it creates peace. I know for me, it's just made me very peaceful throughout the years, mm-hmm. you know, and um, but it's also helped me to explore other aspects of peacefulness and, and take sure. wisdom from other things, from different uh different uh practices of sure. spirituality across the world you know Absolutely. for that and then enlightenment and all these things and i think um my goal is always move forward 
in life. Absolutely. And, but move forward with a center, not move forward just without nothing. Right. And I think that's important to know. But I'm just a regular guy. I'm not out here like, you know, just saying, hey, doing whatever, you know, just type <laughs> of thing. Like, yeah, there's a reason why I am the way I am. But it's also that I lead more by example with it, you know. That's that's more of my calling. Some people are called to be pastors and, you know, yeah. or in churches. Some people are called to be great bricklayers and mm-hmm. that's their service. That's how they serve. That's, and sure. I think we just have a, we just have this thing was we, 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 we skip these steps. I'm like, oh, you have to be do this. How do I serve? How do I do right. that? Make it. Okay. Are you, you're a computer programmer. Serve in that. Be Very the best computer time. programmer you, you, you can be. Be an example of goodness, of ethical behavior, you know, in doing that. That's your service. If that's what you feel, do that. It doesn't have to be this huge thing that that you're making it out to be, you know. That's right. That's right. Um, I did have a chance to visit your website. Mm -hmm. And I did take a look at it. It's beautiful, by the way. Thank you. And the first area that truly just caught my attention is the epic motto (laughs) where you have narrating the deeds and adventures of heroic individuals yes so talk to our listeners a little bit about that what what's the underlying meaning of of the motto yeah you know it's interesting a lot of people like that but like for prospective clients, they don't know what we do <laughs> when they see. It. They're like, I don't know. Is I see spa, fitness, lifestyle. I, I don't know what it is. And a lot of websites, you're supposed to be able to know exactly what the company does when you get on there. But we didn't want that. We that was on purpose. We're very yeah. purposeful. And for us, like we feel like our business mm-hmm. is about caring for people, is about mm-hmm. narrating the adventures and the deeds of the people that are in our organization that wow. each person's story is very important to us and part of that motto is our other thing is people first that mm. we want to be focused on human beings and we're not you won't go on our website and ever see like oh we have this many properties and look we now here's a picture of a property in las vegas here's a picture of a property in california yeah i don't that's where that's that's putting the the business forward, like the actual property, the money in front of the people. Sure. I think. We want to put the people in front, people in front and the business part, discover us, find us in the back, yeah. ask questions, become curious. That's what that whole front page is. Just become curious, ask questions. Now I re- recognize that some people are going to be like, whatever, I don't know what it means. I'm moving on type of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, then we weren't meant to do anything anyways, then, you know, it's fine. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, it's okay. I'm not, I don't want to capture my business partner. And I, we're not trying to capture the world. Yeah. Try to conquer the planet in business. Yeah. I think you, when you conquer everything, you lose everything too about mm-hmm. yourself and we want to remain who we are. And so we just want to, we feel like our business is a way to narrate and grow and to observe the wonderful people that are in our lives. Yeah, that's that's outstanding. I, I love that Thank you. because it's you know such a a people centered approach to let individuals know that you matter to me. Mm-hmm. And when you take care of individuals and you, when you are focused on what is important to them, then I think that your business is going to be 
blessed because of that, because your focus is on caring for the person. It's just inevitable that when you truly take care of people, then your business will flourish. It will prosper. It will be blessed because you're truly caring about another human being. Certainly. And I, under no illusion that, you know, um, having this approach will is creating like tons of like work for us all the time. One, we're purposely trying to be slow and controlled. But I think when you're doing things that are really good, that are really honest and are about other people, it's slow. Mm-hmm. It takes time. You know, the blessing isn't like an overnight success. Nobody has that, Absolutely. you know, that's doing something very worthwhile. It's it takes time to build a reputation to get the word out, to talk about your business in a way that feels authentic mm-hmm. to who you are. And so I would never expect that things will move fast in my sure. life. All the good things I've had in my life have mm-hmm. moved pretty slow. Right? <laughs> Take time. <laughs> Take a lot of time. You know, you want to be in a good marriage? Doesn't happen overnight. There you Tell go. You that right now. Hallelujah. Take some time. You're right. <laughs> Boy, it takes some time. You're growing. That other person's growing. Yes. You're navigating different circumstances, aging, everything. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's bumpy. It's okay. It's just how life is, you know. Absolutely. But if you stay centered during that time, yeah. you stay authentic to what is positive and good for you, then it's going to work out, you know. That's right. That's right. Now, with you working with individuals and having people as the core of what it is that you do. Can you share a little bit about what it is overall that you provide or your services um, to individuals or whether that's businesses to our listeners? Yes, certainly. So the crux of our business is basically we are a spa fitness and lifestyle amenity consulting and management company. That doesn't mean a lot, I know, to a lot of people, but <laughs> I mean, let me dive deeper into it. So essentially, clients will hire us to do a variety of things up from the concept or idea of their health and wellness amenity. And that idea could be uh, a health and wellness club or gym inside of a, a, a hotel, luxury hotel, could be a fitness facility, spa inside of, inside of a, a residential community that has access just for the people who live there, could be a corporate campus, kind of like a corporate fitness facility. Um, So we can do everything from the idea of those things, the concept, uh, the pro forma or the five-year operating plan for that, uh, health and wellness space, uh, audits for that space, uh, pre-open it, and also do the hiring, recruiting, and overseeing of that of that uh, health and wellness space, actually managing it on a daily basis. So, so it's pretty unique to everyone that you work with based on their yes. needs and what it is that they're looking to accomplish through their, their wellness programs. Oh yes. It's it. That's what I like about it. I think it's not, it's not a cookie cutter thing. We could be working with um, a 2000 square foot yoga studio. And then we could be working with a uh, 30,000 square foot, um, gym that has like aquatics, concierge services, food and beverage, all this stuff. And Mm -hmm. all those things require very different things for it. Mm -hmm. Now, something else that I did see that I found interesting was the DNA fit test. Mm -hmm. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, about 
I mean, oh gosh, this has to be almost a year and a half ago. So I connected with a colleague of mine who was telling me about um, DNA reports and how that it's kind of the new thing coming with personalized fitness, nutrition, basically running a test, you know, you basically swab person's mm -hmm. inside of their mouth and you send it back to a laboratory with the company and they will basically look at the gene expressions for certain certain genes related to let's say recovery or muscle fiber type or for nutritional things like uh, b12 and things of that nature so essentially giving you a personalized roadmap for what may work best for you in your health and wellness journey so um instead of it because it cuts down on the margin of error for people and i say hey you have uh this gene expression shows that you have a susceptibility to ligament damage or muscular damage or recovery is not as great. So then we can take that to the, to the service provider and say, hey, look, here's this person's gene expressions for these particular genes, and here's how we're going to help them versus most services, whether it's personal training, group X, all that stuff. It's really just a guess. Right. You know, it's a trial buyer. It's a, hey, I'm taking this person and I'm doing an intake and we'll see what yeah. works for them. Because each person's response to nutrition, exercise varies based off of their genetic makeup and stuff. So mm -hmm. it just depends. So, Dark, so, Dr. Parker, how can our listeners find out more about you? Where can they find you on the web? Uh, for me, I'm, I'm pretty, I would say I keep it uh, kind of a funnel here. So LinkedIn is probably the primary place just for me personally on there. You just find me on there, search connect with me. I love to connect with almost anybody and chat with them, get to know them uh, for Epic Leisure Management. It's uh, elmadventures.com, elmadventures.com. And that way you can learn all about our business or kind of, because you'll see the front page and you'll see the narrating deeds part and you'll try to go, what are these guys doing actually? <laughs> type <of thing. laughs> so, but you're, there's other pages where you can learn about what we do and what we're up to and things of that nature. So those, those are the main ways to get in contact. My contact information is on there as well. So. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today, Dr. Parker. It has truly been a pleasure and I pray many blessings upon your business, you. your family and all that uh, God has in store for you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. God bless you. All right. Thank you. For health tips, faith-based education, and inspiration, visit www.rockyourworldnaturally.com and on Facebook at Facebook forward slash rockyourworldnaturally and Twitter at twitter.com forward slash rockyourworld28.